How many of you guys are facing something right now? You've got a report and you're putting so much stock in this report because in the past, the same thing has overtaken you. In the past, you haven't been able to overcome it. In the past, this thing has conquered you. How many of you guys, you're facing something where something is reported to you or you're worried about something and it hasn't happened yet? It's only a report, but you're so worried because of what has happened in the past. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. It is your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome back to another amazing, awesome, fun Christmas episode of the Autumn Miles Show. You guys know that this is my absolutely favorite time of year. I love to teach on the Christmas story. There's so many things to talk about. I have a word that you are going to be obsessed with after the break. You do not want to go anywhere. Don't go anywhere, okay? Um, We are entering into the Christmas season, and there's so many fun traditions and things like that that go into to the Christmas season. And I just want to remind you guys, as all of the busyness and all the craziness and all the kids band concerts and choir concerts and all of the things, the parents, the mother-in-laws, the aunts, all the things happen. I want you guys to plug yourself in to the Lord. This is a time when God wants to reveal the greatest miracle that ever happened through the Virgin Mary to you. He wants to reveal how miraculously he works so that you and I can be sitting here today with hope. So a reminder, a gentle, passionate reminder to stay plugged in to the spirit of the living God this next month so that you can fully celebrate the birth of our Savior. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening today. Welcome to the show. A uh, couple couple little things. We're getting so many inbox messages from you. We're getting prayer requests from you. We're getting stories from you. What God is doing in your life, keep them coming. Hello at autumnmiles.com. We man that email every day. So we are constantly getting new stories, new things. Some of you guys are sharing a lot. Some of you guys share one line, but nevertheless, we love to hear from you. Also, in the month of December, listen, we have a lot of things planned for January. Our team is uh, working really, really hard. I'm excited about what's coming out in January. I will probably announce it next week. So you are not going to want to miss the show next week. There's going to be a big announcement. But this takes money. It takes money to run this ministry. It's not like, you know, we're all working for free over here. So if you would like to donate, I would like you to go to autumnmiles.com. If this ministry has affected your life and your heart, and it is something that you feel like the Lord is saying, hey, donate here to keep this up and running, go to autumnmiles.com. There's a donate button on there and it will all go back to keeping this thing going. Thank you guys so much for that. Also follow us on social. And I always say this too, a lot of these shows, you know, someone that needs it. Okay. I know people that need these shows. And oftentimes before I go to record, I will make a phone call and be like, you got to look up the scripture. The Lord brought you to my mind as I was studying the scripture. Share these shows. We know that you guys are engaged. We have one of the best audiences of all time. Okay. You guys are so plugged in, so engaged, so responsive, so supportive. I love you guys so much. So if there is something that ministers to you, share this show with your friend. This is a great way to go deeper in the scriptures this year. And I'm, you know, I really do think that they'll appreciate it. Every time someone sends me like a song or like a message from someone and they're like, hey, I thought of you, this could really encourage you. I listen to it. 
I get links and I get songs and stuff like that sent to me a lot or, Hey, this quote, I get memes sent to me all the time, um, on social media. (laughs) I always listen to them. I always watch them. And, you know, we're in this culture where it's like, Hey, I thought of you and share something. And people, people are pretty, they receive it really, really well. So, um, share the show. It's going to be amazing. We're going to talk about triggers after the break, which is going to be awesome because I'm going to tie it into the Christmas story. But before we do all of those things, what is happening in my life? I have a very extremely special little section for you guys today. My oldest daughter, Grace, you guys know her, you love her. She is recently no longer a minor. She is 18 years old. (laughs) What is happening to my life? And my oldest son, Jude, who is... (laughs) funny, handsome, smart, loves Jesus, all the things. They are going to do my monologue for me today because I thought they're home. Why not? They're off school. They're off school all the time. Now I have to look at them and be like, "When when do you go to school? Because there's always days off of school, but they're home today. And I wanted them to share with you how we begin our holiday Christmas season. And I'm going to let you hear it from them. So without further ado, Grace Miles and Jude Miles, welcome to the show, babes. Love you. Why, thank you. Thank you very much. That was a pretty awesome introduction. It was a pretty good introduction. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. (laughs) You know, our mom is pretty great, too. Like, let's give her an introduction. The best... Most energetic, loving mom ever in all seriousness. And she's good at making cookies. Uh, We love you, mom. Okay, wait. So to start this, to start off our holiday traditions, let me tell you something about um, our Christmas decorating day. Jude, what's it called? Operation Jingle. Operation Jingle. So It's It's not a stealth mission. It's pretty intense. There's a lot of moving parts, and it's not very fun. Okay, well, okay, I think it's fun, but I also don't have to lift everything. So my perspective, Operation Jingle, the start of the holidays in our house is I come downstairs early in the morning because mom started playing Bing Crosby at um, volume 100 and it woke everyone up in the entire house. You're welcome. I walk downstairs and there is fresh muffins on the counter with hot chocolate and she's like, all right, Grace, let's go decorate the tree. By decorate the tree, meaning my mom stands on a 15 foot ladder. Um, stands at the very top of it and throws tinsel at me so I can run around the tree and wrap it. And then I have to give her different sticks to poke in the tree to make it very fluffy. But I have been hit in the face a couple of times by a couple of tinsel rolls. On but... accident. Oh, it's okay. It's all that good. was very much so on accident. I've gotten glitter in my ears and in my hair. But the end goal, it's right. You know, it's good. We found a couple of ornaments that I don't know where they came from, but we just threw them on the tree. We have a couple of gingerbread men that was made 18 years ago in my kindergarten class, and I love that part about it. I just love it all. Well, her experience sounds very relaxing compared to mine. <laughs> the The whole muffin and hot chocolate thing, that sounds awesome. I, get, I, I make it for you. I don't wake up to Bean Crosby. I wake up to my dad dragging me out of bed so I can pick up 300 pound Christmas trees down a 20 foot ladder and set it all up. And then I have to go outside and wrap our actual trees. And then I go inside and eat muffins. But uh, I am on the setup and cleanup duty. I don't really get the experience of wrapping trees because that's not really my thing. We can add that. Uh, no. But it's interesting to say the least because um, after I set up everything, I sit down for five minutes and then I have to clean up and stuff like that. But it's fun to be with the family um, and all that stuff. So you yeah. have officially made it to seven Christmas trees this year. Seven. We should be higher than that. There's... We should be higher. Yeah. That's, this is not right. We need another one. We need eight. I think there's eight. I think we have seven there Christmas is eight. trees and we have 18 nativities. And oh, yeah. so we don't. <laughs> Tinsel everywhere, gar garland is that what it's called? Garland, um, garnish. Yeah, 
garnish. Gar- garland. Know. Garland. I garland on everything. Everything. It's crazy. Wow, guys, it sounds like you really enjoy that. We do. I do enjoy it. <laughs> Jude is joking because he loves it and he looks forward to it every year. And I think he likes the fact that we have asked him very kind. I asked nicely. I don't know what dad does. I asked nicely for him to bring all the trees out of storage because it's time to decorate Christmas. Would you rather have no trees or would you rather have seven trees? Uh, I don't know. Eleven. See, Grace's team decorate all day. Sometimes it takes us more than one day, doesn't it? It's been three days. We're still not done. (laughs) But doesn't it set the mood for a holly jolly Christmas? Yes. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Jude, how many trees are you going to have when you have your own home? A half of one. (laughs) I'm going to get the three foot tall one from Hobby Lobby. Not Hobby Lobby. Where is it? Home Depot and put it up. And that'll be it. That is not true. That is not true. I'm going to have one in every single room. They're each <laughs> going to have color coordination, and they're all going to have different sets of ornaments, and they're all going to have different sets of ribbons, and they're all going to be glittery. That's my girl. Mine will have lights. <laughs> what Judah's trying to say is that he loves decorating for Christmas. And don't you love the after effect? Our house is so homey and warm. Yes. Okay, so he might not like the manpower, but that's okay. We're working on that. And Grace loves every single second of it, and it really is a fun time. I know they kid. Are you kidding? Yes. (laughs) They kid, but it really is a fun family tradition that we look forward to every year. And now Moses and Haven are all about it. Moses and Haven are up for the challenge. Moses loves an ornament. He loves to put an ornament on the tree, and, you know, they're fun, right? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Any any last words you'd like to say to everyone? Have a holly jolly. Come on, Jude. Come on. (laughs) Sing. Uh, (laughs) Come on, vibing in the spirit. I don't want to sing. (laughs) Merry Christmas, everyone. And it also goes. It goes Christmas, Thanksgiving, Christmas. We're not skipping over Thanksgiving. We just add a little extra spice Mm -hmm. and fluff to our Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Uh, my ending note. Thanksgiving is a day. Christmas is a season. Thank you, son. That was deep. Obviously, we have a lot of fun in our house. And um, just the studio in the last 10 minutes has been vibing in the spirit. (laughs) So that's what happens at my house around the beginning of the season. And um, it's super, super fun. I couldn't do it without you guys. I love you guys. Thanks for having such a good attitude about it, Jude. I really appreciate it. And Grace, thanks for being my spirit animal. I love you. Okay, after the break, we are going to talk all about the very beginning prophecy of the birth of Emmanuel. I will see you after, Becky. You don't want to miss this one. It's really practical. It's really applicable to your life. You're going to want to hear it. I will see you guys right after the break. Don't go anywhere. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve, rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go. 
Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Okay, guys, we're back. I hope you enjoyed my, well, that was just half of my family. Okay. <laughs> the other half are in the house and my studio is not in our home. It's like adjacent to it. And so um, they're in the house and there's no way we could have got all the personalities together and actually made sense because my family is like, you know, a whole, a whole moment. So I hope you enjoy that. Jude actually really does it. I know he was joking, but he's the one that's like, are we going to decorate for Christmas today? What do you want me to do? Like the other day when I said we're doing it, he brought all the trees down. He didn't complain. He didn't do anything. He was awesome. So he kids, but let me tell you something. He's also a teenage boy. And if you have a teenage boy, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes they, you know, really do enjoy something, but they just don't want to tell you that they enjoy it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of the stage that we're in with him. And Grace, of course, is always super positive and happy. And oh my gosh, she is, she is my, my joy, my light. Okay. I'm going to pray before we do this message because it is going to be good. All right. I actually kind of ran out of study time today, but I still, I want to give you what I got at this might be a part two or I don't know, but it is a powerful message of what the Lord is willing to do for us. We are taking a break from miracles the next few weeks up until Christmas. We might re-engage with the miracle series and we might not. I might do something totally brand new for the first of the year, which I do like to do, but Lord, this is your word. This is your word. I pray, Lord God, that you would bring to light what needs to be brought to light through this incredible passage. God, I pray that you would comfort those that need comforted. I pray that you would encourage and strengthen those that need to be encouraged and strengthened. I pray those that are doing it, they're on fire, they're doing the thing. I pray that this would be confirmation as this passage has been confirmation for me so many times, Lord. Use your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So today I have one question for you. Do you take all God has to offer and is willing to give you? Do you take it all? Because this is what I believe is happening. We have a God that is willing to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. And we don't take him for that. Do you take all God has for you? I would say a lot of Christians are walking around as, as professional Christians, but they are living a reserved life when it comes to partaking in the fullness and the power and the ability of God himself. Do you take all of it? And my second question would be, who do you believe? Do you believe people or truly, and, and this is truly, because I know that there's a lot of like really strong Christians that listen to this podcast, but seriously, where you're at, I know what you would say in your small group. I know what you would say. Okay. I get it. I know I've done the thing. Do you believe people or do you truly rely on the word of God? Which words are more weighty? So there, this is going to be twofold today. Do you take all that God is willing to give you and do for you and show you? Are you living a reserved this Christmas? Do you find yourself in a reserved Christian walk where you're doing the thing? You're, you're a believer. You're calling on the name of the Lord, but your belief is struggling. 
maybe if you're honest, totally, totally honest with yourself, you are struggling to believe that God actually does want to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. And whose word is more weighty? People's or God's? Where do you stand? I want to talk about this passage of scripture in Isaiah 7. And you guys, this passage of scripture, I was kind of praying through, Lord, what do you want me to do? I did a study on Joseph last year for Christmas. That was awesome. (laughs) Go back. It's in the archives of the podcast if you want to learn about Joseph. It was awesome. I have done all sorts of studies over the years on Christmas. I love it. I've looked at it from every single angle. I've studied it intensely. And I was praying, God, what would you have me launch our Christmas series this year? And it was like instantly, like instant download. The Lord brought this passage of scripture to my mind. It was in the middle of the night. That's when God speaks to me super clear. Um, That's when the, the devil tries to get me. And that's when God overrides him and speaks to me. And so I know that this was... Uh, definitely from him. I want to read this passage of scripture. If you are not familiar with this passage of scripture, this is one leaders go teach in your Sunday school and your small group, go teach it. After you hear it, go tell the world about it. Cause this thing is transformational when it comes to what we are dealing with in our everyday lives. It is incredibly relevant. You can apply this passage of scripture basically to anybody. Here it is. It's so good, especially right now in the in the days that we're living in. Isaiah 7 says this. This is right after, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Isaiah said, here I am, send me. So this is the chapter after Isaiah's commission. Isaiah 7 says this. Now it came about in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, that Rezin... Now, this is going to get complicated, but I will explain it to you. That Rezin, the king of Aram, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem to wage war against it, but could not conquer it. I want to stop there, but I'm going to go on. When it was reported to the house of David, saying the Arameans have camped in Ephraim, his heart and the hearts of his people shook as the trees of the forest shake with the wind. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, verse 3, go out now to meet Ahaz, you and your son Shirashab at the end of the conduit of the upper pool on the highway to the fuller's field and say to him, so he's sending Isaiah out with his son, take care and be calm, have no fear and do not be faint hearted because of these two stubs of smoldering firebrands on account of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram, the son of Remaliah. Hang with me. This passage is fire because Aram with Ephraim and the son of Remaliah has planned evil against you saying, let us go up against Judah and terrorize it and make for ourselves a breach in its walls. They wanted to weaken it and set up the son of Tabeel as king in the midst of it. So they were going to go, they were going to go attack Judah. They were going to weaken it and put another king in. Thus says the Lord God, oh, it gets good. It shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. For the head of Aram is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is Rezin. And the head of now within another 65 years, Ephraim will be shattered so that is no longer a people. Hang with me. And the head of Ephraim is Samaria. And the head of Samaria is the son of Ramaliah. If you will not believe, you surely shall not last. Verse 10. Then the Lord spoke to Ahaz saying, ask for a sign. Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord, your God. Make it as deep as Sheol or as high as the heaven. 
But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, listen now, O house of David, it is too slight a thing for you to try the patience of men, but will you try the patience of my God as well? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. He will eat curds and honey at the time he knows enough to refuse evil and choose good. For before the boy will know enough to refuse evil and choose good, the land whose two kings you dread will be forsaken. This passage of scripture about the beginning prophecies throughout Isaiah of Emmanuel has so much in it that I have to start our Christmas study with this. I want to set exactly what is going up for you. And remember the two questions that I ask you. Number one, number one is this, do you take all God has to offer you? Everything. And number two, who do you believe? Them or God? Who do you believe? Truly look at yourself. And I want you to ask yourself that today. Here we have King Ahaz. Ahaz is the king of Judah, okay? He is like just chilling, you know, having a good day probably. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what kings do, but, you know, if I was king, I'd be having a pretty good day. (laughs) And up we have Rezin, the king of Aram. And we also have Pekah, the king of Israel. Rezin and Pekah. Israel and Aram, they represent, they're the kings. So it's like three kings, right? <clears throat> Aram and Israel, Pekah and Rezin, have decided we are going to ban against the nation of Judah. And we are going to overtake this nation. Okay. So this is what happens. Let me, let's see, seven verse one. Now it came about in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, Uzziah, king of Judah, the king of Israel, I'm skipping around, went up to Jerusalem to wage war against it, but could not conquer it. I want to stop right here. Two kings went up against Judah. Lion from the tribe of Judah. We talked about that at the beginning of the year. To wage war against it but they could not conquer it. As soon as I um, read this this morning, I thought, so many thoughts, actually, so many thoughts, but I thought of you specifically in your life where you feel like there has been uh, something that has just waged war against you. I don't know what that is, But something, maybe it's depression. It's come up against you. It's waged war against you. And it is annoying and it is bothering you. Maybe it's anxiety. You just can't seem to get rid of this spirit of anxiety. You're always against it. You're always working on it. You're always trying to conquer it, okay? It's coming to conquer you because there's nothing more that the enemy wants than to conquer you, but it cannot conquer you. It wages war because the enemy wants to stop you, but it cannot conquer you. This is exactly the state that we find the king of Judah in. He was doing what he was doing as being a king. And all of a sudden, two completely powerful kings, king of Aram and and Israel, come up against him to wage war against him. And they fought, but they could not conquer it. It brings me to one of our favorite verses of all time. There is no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. I want to say right here, it does not say in that passage of scripture, no weapon will ever be formed. That doesn't say that. A lot of times as believers, we don't want any weapons ever to be formed at all times anywhere in our life. We want to live this peaceful life. And we're confused why there is some something that is harassing us like an Aram or a Israel, a Pekka and a, a resin. 
these two kings. We're wondering, why in the world would God allow this? You know what? Sometimes God allows this so he can show the enemy that it cannot conquer you. They tried everything that they could, but they couldn't conquer Judah. The weapons are allowed to be formed. We see that all throughout scripture. We see in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. I mean, look at Jesus for heaven's sake. He was allowed and submitted to the cross. The weapon was formed, but did it prosper? No, it did not. (laughs) Three days later, he rose from the dead. It is allowed to be formed. And I want you guys to understand a couple of things as we're as we dissect the rest of the scripture. There are things if you are intent on focusing on your calling, on focusing on the Lord, on focusing on being faithful, on focusing on standing on the word of God, there are things that will. It's going to happen, okay? Wage war against you, whether it be your health, whether it be your mind, whether it be your finances, there are things that are going to be allowed to wage war against you because the enemy wants you defeated. But could Israel and Aram conquer Judah? No. No, they couldn't. But could not conquer it. Doesn't that feel good to say, you know what? You can bring it on but you're not going to be able to conquer me because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It's a good mental uh, note. Take note. It might come against you because it will. Uh, What does Ephesians 6 say? We fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rules, and darkness of this age. We are fighting a battle where we cannot even see the enemy most of the time, but that enemy cannot conquer you unless you surrender to it. You can look at that anxiety and depression, whatever it is in the face and say, bring it, but you're not going to conquer me. You might wage war against me, but you are not going to conquer me because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Verse two says this, when it was reported to the house of David saying, the Arameans have camped in Ephraim, his heart And the hearts of his people shook as the trees of the forest shake with the wind. Now, this verse, here we have Ahaz, and he's got, you know, some sort of messengers that have seen the Arameans camped in Ephraim, okay? They see what Ahaz can't if he's in his castle or wherever it is that he lives. They see the threat. And so their job was to report what they saw. Okay. So that's exactly what happened. They went to Ahaz and they said this, the Arameans have camped in Ephraim. They're there. They're coming for you. The situation seems dire. And it says right here, his heart and the hearts of his people shook as the trees of the forest shake with the wind. Just the report. Listen, nothing had happened. There has been nothing that has happened to these people yet. (laughs) It was simply reported that they were close. The threat was close. No one said, oh, you know what? It's over. They are going to defeat you. Nobody said that. It was just a report Uh, When it was reported to the house of David, say the Arameans have camped in Ephraim, his heart, just a report. No one had, had, uh, had done anything yet. It was just reported to him. And the simple report made him and his people shake as the trees of the forest shake with the wind. It was just a report. What he did is he took the report as fact. Well, if they're here, they're gonna defeat us. If they're close, what they're wanting to do is going to be successful. Sometimes we take a report, a thought, a threat we think to our way of life. We take that simple report. It's just a report. Nothing's happened yet. 
and we live as if it is fact and we create emotions with a report. Nothing had happened yet except for the fact that they were close. I spent a lot of time on this particular verse several years ago because how many of us have gotten a report, maybe a doctor's report, and we lose our minds over the report? I mean, we lose it because to us, we take the report and then we get really creative in our mind. (laughs) Well, the air means they're close by. So that must mean we're completely defeated. We've lost everything. God has abandoned us. He's not with us. The worst is going to happen. And in our minds, we create a narrative based on a simple report. Not truth. God had not entered the picture yet. He had not spoken yet. But we get so focused on what people say and what the report seems to show that we completely freak out. I want to tell you something. We, I told you last year that my 15-year-old son that you just heard for 10 minutes talk about Christmas. Last year, we realized he didn't need his asthma medicine. And, you know, we thought, oh my gosh, he has been completely healed. He's, you know, God has completely healed him. And he hasn't, he really hasn't taken, he's not taken any of that medicine uh, since then and, and a lot of other medicines. But earlier this year, I told you last year, we believe that God had completely healed him. And he even told me, mom, I really do believe that God has healed me. And I said, wow, that is amazing. Well, this year we had to have some testing done on him. We took him to the doctor. We took him to a specialist and we are, we have a really good specialist here in the Metroplex that we took him to. And um, I went in there and I was so frustrated. And I just told this doctor who was awesome. I told him what we had been through his whole life. You know, we've been told he has asthma. We've been told he has severe allergies. We've been told all of these things. He's gone to pulmonologists. He's gone to all of these things, all these people. And I was so frustrated and crying in the doctor's office, because sometimes that's what you do as a mom, because you love your kids so much and you hate to see them suffer. And I said, run every test, every, everything that you can do, you just run it. And he said, okay, he said, we're going to do our due diligence. We're going to find what is going on um, with your son's body. And I said, great, run everything. We were in there for like three hours. We were in the doctor's office for three hours. It was a really long day. And, and Jude was such a trooper. He was so amazing, but he's over it too. Like, he's like, mom, we got to find out what's going on. Run every single test. Okay. And they got to the allergy test. Now the allergy test, if you've ever had an allergy test, they take the, these, I don't know what they are, 48, 50, something like that, little, little sticks and they don't hurt you, but they press into your skin and if you have a reaction, then you're allergic, obviously, to whatever's on the end of that little stick or prick or whatever it is. And she brought the allergy stuff in. And I was like, Jude, I'm worried because since he was one, one, he is 15 years old since he is one. We have heard he is allergic to everything. We have contemplated moving to another part of the United States because dozens of doctors has told us he's allergic to the state of Texas. We have joked around. It has been a believed fact in our family since he was one. 14 years, you guys, 14 years. We have believed that he is allergic to the state of Texas. So much so that we almost packed up a few times because of his health and moved to a climate that wasn't like Dallas's climate. That's how ingrained in us this allergy diagnosis was when he was one. He has been on multiple allergy medicines. He has gotten shots. He's gotten all, I mean, you guys, this has been his entire life. So she brings in these little sticks to stick him on the back and I'm in there with him and I'm like, buddy, I'm sorry. This is going to be awful. It's going to be awful. I'm so sorry, but we need to do it because we need to target your treatment, whatever it is. And he's like, 
no, no, mom, we need to do it. We need to do it. So we, so she did the allergy test on him, which, you know, <laughs> and she said, well, we should, we should have a result pretty quick. And I said, okay, great. She's like, well, I'm going to leave you for, I don't, I forget how long it was, 20 minutes. I don't know. I'm like staring at his back. I'm like looking because all these little dots on his back. And if they react, you know, you know, you have an allergy. I'm staring at his back. Two minutes go by. Not one of those little pricks in his back reacted. Three minutes go by. And I'm like, well, maybe your body is taking longer. Are you sure you didn't take any antihistamine? Because we weren't allowed to take antihistamine for like 10 days before we went to see this doctor. You sure you didn't take any antihistamine? No, mom, I didn't. I obeyed. <laughs> Good job, son. Three minutes go by. Five minutes go by. Ten minutes go by. And I'm looking at his back and I'm thinking, what am I looking at? To me, there isn't one reaction on his back. The time went by and it, it lapsed and the nurse came in and she said, okay, the doctor's going to come in and read you all the results of all the testing that you did today. And some of it we'll have to wait for. The doctor came in and he said this to me, there is absolutely no evidence of any allergies at all in your son. And I sat there and I looked at the doctor and I thought, you're right. <laughs> Listen, dude, we've heard it from like a dozen people. Okay. You're not the first, like, why should we believe you? And I believe all of them. He said, don't believe me. Look at the results. And I thought, oh my gosh. He said, I'm going to send him to get blood work. Send him to get blood work. A couple of weeks later, we got all the blood work back. No evidence of allergies at all. When it was reported to the house of David, saying the Arameans have camped in Ephraim, his heart and the hearts of his people shook as the trees in the forest shake with the wind. They got a report and they reacted. We now have a really good direction of what's going on with my son and I praise God for this doctor. But for 14 years, multiple people had told us this is one of the things that is wrong with him. And this doctor did the test and concluded it was just a report that actually wasn't the problem. Be careful how much weight you put in a report when you have a God. Now, I don't know if God didn't heal Jude. I don't know. Last year, we really felt like God had healed Jude. It definitely made us look in a different direction for his treatment. And he totally could. And if that's what happened, which we're believing that it did, he healed him completely. He has not one, not one evidence of allergies. But sometimes we put too much weight in a report. What Ahaz was doing was putting all of his faith, all of his trust in the report. He wasn't putting it in his God who can come in at any second and heal and transform the situation. He was putting it in the report and the report that he got was unfavorable and the report that he got, he didn't like, but he acted on the report, not the word of God. He acted on what he heard rather than seeking the Lord. And I also want to bring this unique perspective in the reason him and all of his people shook with fear as the trees of the forest shake with the wind is because of this. Aram and Israel and these kings have defeated them in the past. I want to take you to this passage of scripture in 2 Chronicles. And when I saw this, I was like, oh my goodness, this brings so much depth into this passage of scripture. The reason Ahaz freaked out because of this report is because this report actually came true years before. Listen to this. Ahaz was 20 years old, 2 Chronicles 
when he became king. He reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. He did not do right in the sight of the Lord as David, his father, had done. But he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, who made molten images for Baals. Moreover, he burned incense in the valley and burned his son. This is horrible. And I actually wrote by my Bible, what? He burned his sons in fire. That's what the Bible says. Verse five says this. Wherefore, because of all of those things, because he didn't walk in the ways of the Lord, listen, the Lord, his God, delivered him into the hand of the king of Aram, and they defeated him and carried away from him a great number of captives and brought them to Damascus. And he was also delivered into the hand of who? The king of Israel, who inflicted him with heavy casualties for Pekah. The son of Remaliah, who I just read about in Isaiah, slew in Judah 120,000 people in one day. All valiant men, the strong men, the valiant men, because they had forsaken the Lord God of their fathers. Ahaz was freaked out with this report because he was triggered because of something that happened years ago. Pekah and um, Rezin had come up against Judah. They waged war against it and they won because Ahaz forsook the Lord and forsook what his father David did. So Ahaz is reacting from what has happened in the past. Totally different situation, but he's reacting and responding because in the past, when these two guys came up against him, they lost. And he lost 120,000 valiant men. And he had many casualties at the hands of these same two people. Sometimes the report is enough to throw you into complete and utter fear and anxiety because of something that has happened in your past. How many of you guys are facing something right now? You've got a report and you're putting so much stock in this report because in the past, this same thing has overtaken you. In the past, you haven't been able to overcome it. In the past, this thing has conquered you. How many of you guys, you're facing something where something is reported to you or you're worried about something and it hasn't happened yet? It's only a report, but you're so worried because of what has happened in the past. He was fearful because he was triggered because he didn't want to relive what had happened to him in the past. I want you guys to work yourself out of some of these triggers. I understand triggers being divorced and dealing with a domestic violence situation. I understand what triggers are. They're real. They're very real things. <laughs> you worry that what happened in the past is going to happen again. You worry that, you know, God didn't, he seemed not to come through in the past. So is he going to come through in the future? Is he going to come through right now? You're going through the same type of situation. It didn't seem like he came through then. Is he going to come through now? What happened to me in the past, I don't want to relive again. So you shake as the trees of the forest shake with the wind in fear. Just because you have had something terrible happen in your past does not mean that our God does not have a plan for this situation right now. I want you to divorce that trigger. I want you to look square at whatever it is that is causing you fear. It hasn't happened yet. You only feel like it is. You only feel like there's, there's a certain danger ahead. Whatever that thing is, I want you to separate it from what has happened in the past because the Lord came to make all things new. 
Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. He has come to do a new thing in your life. He has come to redeem and restore the years that the locusts have eaten. He has come to bring you hope. He's come to bring you power. And I don't want you to put more weight on those two messengers' words report than on the words of God himself. Then verse three, the Lord said to Isaiah, go out and meet Ahaz, you and your son, and say to him, this is what I want you to say. Take care and be calm. I know you're freaking out, Ahaz, because I know what has happened to you in your past. I know you are fully triggered, but I'm going to give you a word that will defeat your trigger. I'm going to give you a word that's going to defeat what you think is going to happen to you. Triggers need a word from God that is stronger than them. Take care and be calm and have no fear. And do not be faint-hearted because of these two stubs of smoldering firebrands on account of the fierce anger of resident Aram and the son of Remaliah. Because Aram with Ephraim and the son of Remaliah has planned evil against you, saying, let's go up against Judah and terrorize it, make a breach in its walls and set up the son of Tabeel as king in its place. Thus says the Lord God, it shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. Ahaz was freaking out because he had seen this before. He knew this, but sometimes we get so focused on what we think we know is going to happen and we factor God completely out of it and we don't even let him into it. We make up our minds. It's going to be a failure. It's going to be bad. Whatever is coming our way, it's going to destroy us again. And we're going to have to pick up again. We're going to have to figure this out again. And we're triggered all over the place. But then if we let him God will come in with a word that is stronger than all things that are triggering you right now. Triggers need a word from God stronger than them. And he wants you to listen to what he's saying now in this new season. Yes, it might look like the same trial. It might look like a similar situation. But what does God want to say that is new? What he said to Ahaz was take care and be calm and have no fear and do not be faint-hearted because of these two stubs of smoldering firebrands. What does he mean by that? Take care and be calm and don't be faint-hearted. In other words, a stick that has been pulled from the fire but will soon go out has come against you. These two sticks, two stubs of smoldering firebrands. Yeah, they're mad. But they've been pulled from the fire. And you know when you take a stick out of the fire, if it doesn't have all the other fire to make it (laughs) burn, it eventually burns out. He says to Ahaz, don't be afraid. Verse 7 says, it shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. The threat will not last The threat will not last. I think I'm going to stop there today. We're going to pick this up again next week. We're getting to next week. Next week is going to be really, really good because I already have the notes for it. (laughs) We're going to insert Emmanuel into this situation. As we move into this Christmas season, with what you're facing now, as we've talked about in the Miracle Series, Welcome and invite God into it. God wants to be welcomed into a situation that is scaring you right now. He wants to be welcomed into a situation that has you anxious right now. You're shaking. Verse 2, as the trees of the forest shake with the wind. That's how you feel on the inside. Maybe on the outside you look cute. But on the inside, you're shaking and you're thinking, wow, this is not good. God wants to be welcomed into that. And maybe you look at your past and say, well, this didn't go really well in my past. Well, guess what? We're not living in the past. We're living in the present. And we're living in the present with a Jesus who is victorious, who raised himself from the dead. That is who you're facing this next report with, not alone, with a God who conquered death, hell, and the grave for you.
That's who you're facing this report with. Take care. I'm going to say exactly what the scripture says. Isaiah said to uh, Ahaz, take care and be calm. Have no fear and do not be afraid because of these two stubs of smoldering firebrands. They are going to burn out. He also says it shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. Why? Because God himself was about to insert himself into this situation. Who have you let dominate your mind, them or him? What word are you standing on, theirs or his? Because as someone who has struggled with triggers, I had to realize that God's word healed my triggers when I stood on it and not how I felt from the past. You've got to tell yourself a different story. Maybe that did happen in the past. But God is telling me, this report, it shall not stand, and it will not come to pass. And I am choosing to stand on this, this Christmas season. Spoiler alert, it didn't come to pass. God was right. I want you guys to just encourage yourself in the Lord today. I feel like this is a life-giving word. Encourage yourself in the Lord today. Let these truths calm you as you look to this Christmas season. And walk into this Christmas season with the Prince of Peace. Lord, we love you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word that explains your word. <laughs> I thank you that your word is so vast and deep that your word shows us what your word is saying. God, I pray for that person today that is shaking on the inside. On the outside, they look great, God. They got their kids new clothes for Christmas. They got all the things, but on the inside, they're shaking like the trees in the wind because of something that they have believed over what I believe you want to tell them. Encourage them, Lord. Share your truth with them, Lord. And bring them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. I didn't expect not to get to all of this today, but I, I will finish this message next week. And you don't want to miss next week. Because just like I said, who, who do you believe? The first question I asked was, do you take all God has to offer you? And we'll talk about that next week, okay? Come back right after the break. I have a question and an amazing story from one of you. I'll see you in a sec. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Are you new to this whole Jesus thing and don't know where to start? Or maybe you've been following him for a while and you want to dig deeper into the Word of God. Then you've come to the right place. Each month, Autumn hosts an online, in-depth Bible study through Facebook Live called The Jesus Initiative. The Jesus Initiative is a monthly spiritual challenge to anyone willing to join and grow deeper in their faith. She covers topics such as how to wait when waiting is hard, moving forward in faith even when you're terrified, and how to combat the spiritual warfare in your mind. Autumn's desire is to help break down complex topics in a way that's easy for everyone to understand and implement into their everyday lives. The goal of the Jesus Initiative is to tackle real-life topics in a real-life way, grounded in the Word of God. Understanding the things of God doesn't have to be hard. If you're a believer who wants to grow in your faith and strengthen your relationship with God, these Bible studies will challenge you in all the right ways. Simply search Autumn Miles on Facebook or follow her on Instagram at, at Autumn Miles and click the follow button so you can stay in the loop for when the next Bible study starts. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. 
Okay, guys, we're back. I hope you love that as much as we did. I just felt like the Lord was like, pause here, because it's a lot to take on. I understand. I like <laughs> pack these things full of information, and I want you guys to be able to digest that, especially the trigger part, because there's so much talk about triggers today. We've got to combat that, guys, in our mind. We just cannot let these feelings and stuff overtake us and overwhelm us. And you're talking to a woman who has had to do just that. There are triggers out there, but we can overcome them. God's word is stronger than them. And, you know, if you need counseling or whatever, definitely do that. I am super pro counseling. But we have got to grab a hold of these things and we've got to fight them with the word of God that is more powerful than them. Okay. Okay. So I had a whopping testimony come in this week and it's awesome. And it's really long, um, but it's really, really awesome. There is a woman who reached out to us and she's like, I have to share my story, which I love it when you guys do that. She had two miscarriages. Okay. And in the duration of her miscarriages, the doctors discovered a cyst in, I believe on her ovaries or in her ovaries or something like that. And this was before COVID. So when COVID happened, she wasn't allowed, like it shut down a lot of different procedures. And um, she became pregnant with a little girl. Okay. Lots of things happened. She had a pick line for seven months on lots of fluids. So this, this was a really, really big, humongous problem. Okay. Um, she went in to have a C-section with her baby girl and asked if they could remove the cyst the same time that uh, she had her baby with a C-section. And they said, no, they can't, they can't do that. Okay. But when they delivered her girl, they gasp because the cyst needed to be removed. And they had a surgeon come in right then and there and remove it. And they tested it, it wasn't cancer or anything, but she writes today and says, I am thankful to God for his protection with my body. The cyst was really, really bad, and she did not know the full extent of it until after it was removed. And she had had two miscarriages, but God restored two miracle children to her, even with this traumatic health issue. And I think, you know, coming off the heels of Thanksgiving and going into this Christmas season, we need to focus on these types of stories where, but God, but God protecting us. I don't know where we would be, but God's hand of guidance on the right doctors. I don't know where we would be. Let's focus on that. Two miracle children she has now. And she had two miscarriages before because of this. Sis. So we're praising God with you, my sister. Thank you so much for your miracle story because God is still the God of miracles. Okay. I love that question. I have a friend who is an ex pastor and now runs a podcast <laughs> deconstructing his faith and really is causing a lot of people to question or doubt God. He seems very set on doing this, but I only see the negative thoughts it's causing. How would you handle a good friend who used to have the same faith foundation as you, even was a pastor, and now has picked it all apart in such a way that I just can't see it being good? This is an amazing, amazing question. I've talked about deconstructing in the past. I'm not going to really focus on that. I want to more focus on how when you see someone that you are friends with, like ride or dies with, like buds with, how you confront them. And I want to use this verse. The Bible says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. What does that mean? A good friend is going to call you and say, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> what is going on here? Have you considered faithful are the wounds of a friend? God says a friend will, basically what that first means, confront you and will hold you accountable. 
And I would say this, if you see someone in your life that has, is just struggling with whatever it is. I mean, this is clearly a podcast deconstructing his faith. Um, But if you see a friend that you have questions about in their life and you are just thinking, man, what's going on here? If you are their friend, a true friend, not a friend that, you know, agrees with everybody all the time, a true friend, you make a coffee date, you sit down, you have a adult conversation with them and say, we need to have a conversation about a couple of things because I'm your friend. I have done this a lot. Okay. And people have done it to me too. I mean, my friends, I don't like servicey friends. I'm not trying to like, you know, be your ser- like I like friends that are actually friends that care about my husband, that care about my children, that care about my ministry. Those are the kind of, I want true friends to have the freedom to speak into my life and vice versa. You know, they feel the same way. But um, there has been a couple of times where I always preface it like this. Can we just talk? And this, then this is what I say. This is going to be an uncomfortable conversation, but I love you. So I have to have it with you. Okay. We might not like this conversation, but I think it's necessary to have. Every time I've said it and prefaced it like that, this is going to be weird. Okay. You're not going to love it. I'm probably not going to love it either, but I just have some questions. It has been so well received. And I've had this, uh, these kind of conversations a lot where I've just said, can you help me understand? And that's how I start. Help me understand what is going on in this area of your life. Just help me understand it because it seems weird to me. It seems out of character to me. What's going on? Help me understand. And when you approach someone with that loving, humble humility, people, don't beat them upside the head with the Bible. That is not going to work. Don't be self-righteous. That is not going to work. But if you come in humbly and say, I really, really love you. Help me understand this choice. You will have some of the most meaningful, deep, transformative conversations when you approach it like that. And that's exactly how I approach it. Help me understand. Can we have a weird conversation? Help me understand. I had a conversation with one of my friends last uh, year. It was just the two of us. Uh, We were talking about nothing, like, you know, friend stuff. I said, listen, can I have a really awkwardly weird conversation that's probably going to be strange, but I still want to have it with you because I've been wondering about it. Can we have one of those? (laughs) And she was like, yeah, let's do it. We talked for a long time and I asked her my questions and that's exactly what I said. Help me understand because I really do want to understand because I really do love you. And it was a beautiful, transformative conversation. This question, more of these questions need to be asked because we need to be the friend that the Bible talks about, a true friend, a friend that sticks closer than a brother, a friend that's not afraid to have an awkward conversation. I'm not trying to have surface friends. I just, I'm way too old for that. I got way too many kids for that. I don't got time for that. I want an actual true friend that will speak to me in a way that is life-giving, but also with a listening ear to hear my side of the story. And I want to be open to change if I need to. So this is a really, really good question. I would say have the conversation and do it in that fashion. Okay. I love you guys. Merry Christmas. Tis the season. Go put your trees up. Love on your kids. Make the cookies. Eat the cake. I'll see you next week for part two of this message. I'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Miles Show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.